Welcome to Business Steps Up, a presentation of HIALI, one of the recognized voices in Long Island business. We'll focus on cutting-edge topics important to the Bi-County region and beyond. So sit back, relax, and listen to some of Long Island's most influential business leaders here on Business Steps Up. Well, good afternoon and welcome to this episode of HIALI's Business Steps Up. Before we begin, let me say happy Veterans Day all the veterans out there and thank you for those of you who have served who has helped us in our freedom here um welcome back again and as i said i'm this business uh steps up really began literally right through covid we made a decision to really highlight companies that were literally stepping up and doing things through covid to help and it has just continued post covid because there are so many great things that these organizations are doing we're fortunate, really, to have Mark Cox with us today. He's the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. And before we got on air, I mentioned to him my um, very small experience with Big Brothers and Big Sisters was a was a joint collaborative effort with many years ago with um, Dress for Success, and we did some programs. And I was just absolutely so amazed at what they did. So welcome, Mark. Uh, thank you very. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and very proud to be a member of the HIA. Thank you. So let's start out and just talk about um, the mission of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Long Island. Great. Well, I mean, pretty much the, the mission's to really help all children reach their full potential. Um, it, it's it's a simple mission. Uh, a lot There's a lot to it, but it, that's pretty much the, the mission. Right. Great mission to start off with, right? Right? I, Absolutely. I, heads are, our kids and our young adults are the future. So that's wonderful. So talk a little bit about the history, how Big Brothers Big Sisters Love Long Island started and, and what you look like today for us. Yep. So I, I'm going to actually go back to how Big Brothers started. Uh, it, it's pretty unique. Yeah. I, know that I think the exact date was like 1904 or something like that. Um, there was a court clerk um, that kept basically seeing the same youth being coming into the court system uh, for different situations and stuff they were having and, and decided he wanted to make a difference. And he got a bunch of people together and, and basically basically got them to be members, uh, mentors to these children. Uh, and that's pr- pretty much how the program evolved. Uh, we, we became an affiliate here on Long Island in 1977. Um, we started out just covering the territory of Nassau County. And I think it was 1984, it was before I joined the organization, um, we were able to expand our territory to cover all of Long Island. So nationally, there's in U.S. and Canada, I think there's about 243 affiliates for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, Obviously, there's the national organization. Um, What's a little unique is the national organization does not serve children. Um, they create all the standards of practice that all the affiliates follow. Um, and then, like I said, there's about 248 affiliates that are in all, all the different states. I think New York State has, I want to say, eight affiliates. Um, Long Island, New York City, Westchester, and you know, all scattered about. Right. So talk to us a little bit about how kids come to that process, because, you know, this is all about mentorship, obviously, and supporting 
our kids. Um, how, how do they find out about you and how does that work? Yep. So it, it's, it's a variety of ways. I mean, a lot of times it's, it's word of mouth or referral from ch- uh, families that are currently in our program and are seeing the positive benefit of it. Um, a lot of times we get school systems. Uh, the schools know what our program is and, and what it does. And a lot of time they'll make the referrals to the families. Um, and then, you know, it's we're out there recruiting a lot of times, too, and trying to get in front of organizations to let them know um, that that we have openings uh, and we want to help in any way that we can to provide a positive influence in children's lives. Great. I mean, we talked a little bit before we got on the hour about the need for Big Brothers in particular. So talk to us about that. Why do you think that is? And what are some of the things the organization is doing to help? Yeah, I think, I think you know, naturally, it, it seems like we tend to get a lot more boys getting enrolled into the program, younger boys into the program. So that's why we, we need more big brothers. Um, you know, but it's, I, I think that it's a misconception for a lot of the men of what the commitment is uh, to be a big brother. You know, I, I think, you know, that we, there's a running joke that men are afraid to commit. Um, <laughs> unlike women, and to agree or disagree. So, and you know, we, what what they also say is, you know, they 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 don't want that pressure of you know trying to make make a difference in a kid's life. They're like, you know, I'm just trying to get my own life going. I I, I don't know if I can have that pressure. And the reality is that the mentorship happens naturally. It's it's really these children that come to our program. You know, whether whatever the family situation is or the home situation, they really just need somebody to be there consistently to listen to them and and try to give them some some good advice. And, you know, a lot of times things are so hectic in their own lives that they just don't have that person that can listen to them. Um, And what we found is, you know, just by being there consistently for an extended period of time and having fun with that child. The, the mentoring relationship is going to grow. And, and what's amazing is, and we hear it literally daily, we, we get the bigs, the big brothers or the big sisters that tell us they feel like they get more out of it than the child does, than they're providing for the child. They, they say it truly changes their lives and the way that they look at life. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that, you know, the one thing I would love to say to the men out there is, you know, it, it's not a big commit. It, it's twice a month getting together with the child, um, you know, for a short period of time and, and just doing something fun with them and being there for them. Um, that's it. I mean, it, it's really simple and easy. Go throw a ball with them, you know, go to the library with them, go grab a piece of pizza, you know, something, something like that. It's not, we're not looking for volunteers to come in and spend a lot of money. Um, we really encourage low cost or no cost activities. We think that's the best. That's where, the bond is going to be the strongest is when they're spending time just just talking to each other. Right. That's great. I was going to ask you because you said there's such a uh, potential misperception about what the commitment looks like, what it looks like. So you gave a good example. So um, somebody who wants to become a mentor, how do they get involved? Do they call you or? Yeah. So there's, there's many ways. I mean, in this day and age, the best things to do is go to our website. Uh, it's BBB sli.org. Um, and right there you can click volunteer. If you're interested in volunteering. It'll bring you up. You'll fill out like a, a quick information 
page and then someone from our organization will reach out to you fairly quickly um, and basically talk to you a little more about the program and the expectations um, just to kind of get, you know, for so people can get a true sense of if it's for them. Um, and then if you're interested after that, um, then we would schedule for an interview. Um, you'd come in and do an interview or we're doing interviews via Zoom a lot of times now too. Um, we definitely would prefer to do the interview in person. It's always better uh, where you come in, but we, we definitely understand and, and we'll do them via Zoom. Um, you come in for an interview. Um, we'd assess if you're if the timing's right for you or you're the right fit as a volunteer. Um, you know, we do have we do have the ability to deny any volunteer. Uh, we don't have to give a reason. It's it's when they come in. You know, we basically they sign an agreement that sa- states that you know our our staff have the right to the assessment and can make a decision whether we feel. And a lot of times when we when we deny somebody, it's truly knowing that they have great intentions, but just it's not the right time because we've seen we've seen a you know a younger male who just recently got married, has a little one, and just started a new job and says, I can still do it, I can still do it. And we know from experience that it just might not be the right time. And and we tell them, you know, hey, give us a call in a couple of years. We'd love to, you know, have you come back. Um, and, and then we also have them on our list and we'll, can, we'll, we'll make a note and call them down the road too. You know, I'm just curious. We didn't, we didn't really talk about it. How do you how do you match the kids up with the mentors? How does that work? Yep. So I mean, our our, our team are are trained from the you know we have trainings through the national office, and the the first and foremost, particularly on Long Island, is geographic location. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's probably prong number one where we're you know when we're matching any adult mentor to a child, they got to be geographically close enough to each other and. I would say it's got to be within 10 miles just because of the way traffic is on Long Island. Because if if you go too far away, you know, and that trip to go get the child becomes, you know, 45 minutes, you know, then the time spending with the child and then back, it, it just becomes a lot. And it, and it doesn't set, it sets you up for failure sometimes. Uh, so that's the first and foremost uh, prong that we look at. And then the next is definitely compatibility. You know, you want to make sure you're matching, particularly an adult with a child that that have similar interests, and you feel that are going to really bond with one another. You know, you wouldn't take a an introvert and put them with an extrovert. Uh, it just it just wouldn't work. Or if a child's interested in you know computers, you know, you you probably wouldn't match them with a big that's you know gung ho and all into sports and right. and that type of stuff. So that that those are the two main things that we look at. Um, is geographic location and compatibility. Right, great. So you have to have a lot of success stories, I'm sure. Before we began, I told you one, right, of a, a CEO that's a very prominent member of ours that literally said the program changed his life. He was a kid who came from a rough situation and really just got attached to a big brother that was above and beyond a mentor. So um, we hear it. We hear it, which is great. We know there's a need for it. So talk to us a little bit about some success stories that you've heard. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I think I was telling you before we jumped on live, it, there's so many of them. And, you know, for me, one that one that really stands out, and only because when I joined the organization, uh, this the little brother that had just started the program and was matched with a big, and we had an event. 
Um, and again, I didn't know the backstory of, you know, why the child was coming into the program and the success of the match until fairly recently. But um, this child uh, came from a single parent home, didn't have a father or a grandfather in the picture. Um, the mom thought the program would be really beneficial to have a male influence in the child's life. She was also uh, in the process of going through cancer treatment. And so he was matched to a big, his big brother. And just fairly recently, this, this little graduated high school and was a recipient of one of our scholarships, which I'll talk a little about later, our scholarship program. And, you know, he wrote a letter about his big and the influence the big had on his life. And I just remember the one event when they first were basically fairly new. And this child, we we were giving away bikes at an event. And this child was a recipient of one of the bikes and how excited he was. And, you know, just the interaction with him and his and his big brother. And then to fast forward and see, you know, them both at, you know, this award ceremony where he's getting a scholarship. But what, what I also found out in the story that he wrote about the influence that his big had on him is, you know, it, it was pretty cool to hear that he was, the relationship evolved so much that he was able to be there for the big brother fairly recently when his dad passed away, uh, to be for him, be with him emotionally uh, through that process. And it kind of goes about what I was speaking about before, where, you know, the, the bigs get a lot out of this relationship. It, it, be, it becomes a it becomes an amazing bond. I remember when I first joined the organization, we have a program where we deliver toys to uh, kids in the program every Christmas or every holiday season. And the first year I, I went and delivered and I took my two younger kids with me. And it was a great educational thing for me to do, my wife and I to do with my kids and explain to them, you know, how important it is to give back and the, and the impact and just the life lessons that you, you know, you learn. And th these are things that this little was able to learn from his big brother and kind of, you know, hopefully pass it forward. Yeah. Pay it forward. Definitely. What, it forward. A, what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. And I would have assumed that the mentors would get a lot out of it, right? Uh, they, they really do. It, it's amazing. Yeah. So the, the program you just mentioned, is that the holiday um, for kids sake? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. The, oh, a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a program that started, it's got to be at least 20 years old. We it's, it's really evolved. We've changed the way, you know, back when it first started, we used to, we used to work out of a warehouse that a company donated and let us use their space. And we just collected toys from everybody. And then we had the staff come to the warehouse and they basically, they knew the children the best. So they would pick what they thought they would like put it in a bag and then we deliver. Also, they would get a bag of toys. Plus they would get a, literally a turkey and all the fixings, a turkey dinner would be delivered to each of the families. And what we found over the years is a lot of the families that are in our program, sometimes they don't have the means to be able to cook a turkey. So what we decided to do is, and it was pretty bulky in the volunteers that we had come and deliver. So we just started now giving out food gift cards and letting the families utilize that in whatever way they think that they need it best. Um, but what we've really evolved is where all the children now through our staff put in a wish list of items of what they really want. And we actually 
have every single child that we support through this program sponsored by a donor. Um, so every child will put in three items that they wish in their wish list. We try to tell them, you know, keep it like $40 or less. You know, we don't want kids putting in that they want an Xbox or, you know, cause it's not, it's not realistic for donors to, you know, go out and buy these and, and provide these for the children. So we try to give a limit. Our, our team works with them, gets the list. And then our development, uh, chief development officer, Meredith Michaels, who's on in the HIA and leads one of the social responsibilities committee with Paul. Um, she kind of organizes that with her team and our program staff to match a donor with every child to provide them, go out and shop for them and get exactly what they want. Um, not only do we provide to the kids that are in our program in the one-to-one relationship, we also provide the toy, a wish list for all their sibling, siblings in the house, even if they're not in our program. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so can anyone become a donor in a program like that? Can yep. they get their employees involved in donating? Yeah. It, yep. And that's pretty much, that's how we do it. So we have, there's different ways you can do it. You can definitely go to our website. Like I mentioned, bbbsli.org. Uh, there's a link right there to get involved in Holiday for Kids Sake, become a donor, to be a sponsor. Um, companies can do gift card drives, um, and and gift cards are very important in addition to the toys, mainly because you know a lot of the children that are in our program are teenagers, and you know they're very picky to to buy for, and they they just want they want money, they want gift cards to go out and pick out what they want. Um, so we have a lot of companies that will do gift card drives for us. Um, we have a lot of companies that do toy drives. Um, it. So that pretty much we, we'd love to get more and more companies involved and you can do that directly on our website. Uh, and then again, the other thing we have is we actually have it created an Amazon wish list where you can go on right there and, and pick the items and they get shipped to us directly. And we already know what child they're for. And let's on the Amazon wish list. Yeah. You make it easy for people. Good for we you. We try to. Yeah. And this is the perfect time, I'm assuming, the perfect time to get involved in a program like that, yes? Yep, yeah. We started probably about, probably a couple of weeks ago is when we actually officially started again. Uh, our delivery day is December 17th, and pretty much how it works is we have a, because we've been doing it for so long, we, we pack everything out of our Westbury office, and that Sunday morning, we have about 50 volunteers, excuse me, will come in that morning. Um, they will get the names of anywhere from two to three families with addresses and they will basically, they'll pull in. It's literally like a drive up. They pull in, they give us their name. We run in, we get their bags and their gift cards and they, we put help and pack it in their car and they go on their own all throughout Long Island delivering on our behalf to the families. That's great. That's great. So Hopefully today we're encouraging some other people to get involved in that wonderful program. So yeah, you mentioned briefly about the scholarship program. Um, you know, we, it's interesting, we at the HIALI just did a workforce development survey to really look at the skill sets that are needed um, now and in the future for many of our young adults. And, you know, what came out of it were things like our ability to be able to problem solve and critically think and what they call soft skills. I don't know how mm -hmm. soft they are, but as you know, you know, bringing a team together and leading and um, things like that. So talk to us about 
the scholarship program, which, as far as I understand, helps them with college and or a future career. Am I correct? Yep. Yep. It, anything post high school. So it's whether it be trade school, uh, whether it be military or whether it be college, uh, college education. So let this we have we've had a program for a while. We've been growing it. Um, and each year we we seem to have more and more applicate applicants from and their littles in our program are the ap- applicants. And so anybody who's a current little or a former little who is a se- graduating senior has the ability to apply for scholarship. Um, just to give you an example, this past year, we the committee uh, reviewed all the applications and we had 16 recipients and we gave out a total of $81,500 right. uh, for a scholarship. Yeah. And tell me again, where does that money come from? That's donations? Yep. Yeah. So we, ha- we have a scholarship fund that we've been growing over time and, and I, I don't, I won't get into the details of how it all originated, but at, it, it originated a long time ago in the name of somebody that passed away and then there was another one created. And basically what happened is we eventually merged all of them together and have any years that we've had good years, I've made recommendations to add funds to the scholarship fund. And then we're also very fortunate. We have a former board member who's now one of our board emeritus. Him and his wife have made a commitment uh, to create a scholarship and have been funding it uh, in addition to the one that we have. Uh, and they're almost close to a half million dollars in funding already. That's It will probably be a million dollars when it's all said and done. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, and it's something that's, it's really important. But one of the things that we're really trying to do a better job too at is, and and I know you didn't ask the question, but I'm going to bring it up real quickly. Is we created a a program called Rise Up. Um, which is an educational program for the littles in our program. And it's really geared towards employ- employable, employability skills training, uh, college and career prep planning. So throughout the course of the year, and we, we're starting when they're in like ninth grade now, where we do different tracks of uh, seminars where, you know, like we just had one um, – the other day, a career, uh, we had a career day, but, you know, we had in all different industries, whether it be, you know, colleges coming in and all different types of profession. But we also had one of our board members who works for ABC as a reporter. She was at a table and was working on with all the littles coming in on how to how to greet someone, how to shake their hand, how to look them in the eyes. And a lot of those soft skills that, you know, are very important when you're going out on an interview. Um, so our Rise Up program does a, brings in a lot of guest speakers and does a lot of that kind of stuff and gets them ready for post high school and prepared for what they're going to do. And there's definitely been a much heavier focus on our end on non college uh, and and more you know different careers like plumbing, engineer, you know, uh, being a uh, just all, all those other careers. Great. Mechanic. It's interesting that you talk about this program because that's what we've seen, right? Um, that I don't know what the difference has been, but in, I'm going to say our day, which makes us sound old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there was just um, a lot more emphasis placed on 
again, the ability to make eye contact and shake a hand and how do you interview and what's the right thing to do? And even please and thank you sometimes, right? And um, so, so programs like this are so very important. So, so very important because I think particularly for kids and young adults, they can help them stand out, right? Yep, definitely. Right thing. So good for you. Is that a fairly new program? Have you been doing uh, it's We're in our second year of it. Okay, great. Yep. Well needed. And, and and there's other other a lot of the big brothers do similar programs and they, they can call them they call them beyond school walls and stuff like that. But um ours is called Rise Up. Great. Good. So talk to us. We only have about five minutes left, but talk okay. to us about what you think the vision is for the future of the organization and for the mentors and the mentees? I mean, for me, it's, and I tell my board all the time, it, it's pretty simple. I mean, we we want to serve every kid that comes comes and needs our program um, and have the ability to serve all those kids. And that, you know, there, there's challenges with that is, you know, one challenge is making sure you have enough funding to be able to professionally support them with the proper staff um you know you have to be able to recruit volunteers and get and get enough people involved to be mentors um that's ultimately our goal i think one of the things that we're starting to see um with all the big brothers programs is a lot more what they call site-based or group mentoring programs and the, the reason they're doing that is it, it you can just impact more children um, that really that, need. That look like more. You mean entering in a group? Is that what you yep, mean? Yeah, yeah. So actually, prior to COVID, we had we had about ten site based programs, and we had so we had one at Hofstra University, one at Stony Brook, we had one at St. Joe's, we had a couple with different companies, and then we also had what we called our high school bigs program, and basically it's it's taking a Taking volunteers from either a company, a college or university, or a high school, and matching them on site with a child, um, whether it, basically an elementary school child or a middle school child, depending on who you're partnering with, um, and basically doing on-site um, activities and and things that are going to help them, you know, build their confidence. Uh, skill development, you know, all, all those type of things that really mentoring brings brings forward. Yeah, yeah, and much more well-rounded. It sounds like approach as well, right? Yep. Yeah, and it, and what it does is it gives you the ability to, you know, if, if you have, if you know that there's an abundance of children maybe in Uniondale that could benefit to our program, um, but it's very difficult to get one-on-one volunteers from the community to, to match with them, you can go and partner with, like we did, Hofstra University and get students, you know, twice a month to come at the same time and bust the kids over uh, that need the program from that elementary school in Uniondale. Right. Great. So, you know, uh, one of the things I love about this program the most is I always think I know what people do until we have these types of conversations. And it's no different today. I mean, not only some wonderful services, but you've built wrapped around some really great programs for these kids that as you, as we began, you said, you know, sometimes don't have that consistency in their life, might not have even a process in their life, right? To get it done. So congratulations. Um, and 
please help us congratulate your staff as well. I, I, I was just going to say it's 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 not on me. That's for sure. It's it's truly I have one of the best teams in the country. So tell us again, how can people get in touch with you? Yep. So the best way is is you go on uh, on the website. It's bbbsli.org, um, which stands for Big Brothers Big Sisters Long Island, um, and pretty much. On the website, it's it's very user friendly, and that tells you every way you can get involved. If you want to, you know, become a big, it tells you the process of filling out the application or the uh, inquiry form. Uh, if you want to come and attend some of our events and help support us financially, or just make a one time donation, and then the other unique thing we have, which we talked about, but we're not going to get to talk much about, is um, we also collect used clothing and household goods. Uh, and we turn that into uh, funding to support the mentoring program. And that's another great way. And you can schedule right from our website, a home pickup, or you can go on and locate where we have bins and drop off bags of clothing to support us. Well, that's great. Well, thanks again for what you do. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. And I'm going to sign off. Also, and say goodbye to everyone. Thanks, more. All right. Thanks for having me, Terry. I really appreciate it. Business Steps Up is a production of HIALI, one of the recognized voices for business on Long Island and a powerful voice and economic engine for regional development. Check back for more interesting, thought-provoking episodes with some of Long Island's most influential business leaders. For more information, call us at 631-543-5355 or log on to hia-li.org.